Welcome to the Everyday Innovator Podcast for product managers, leaders, and innovators. Your host is Chad McAllister, helping you become a product master. Listen and get ready for higher performance, for the doctor is in. Hi, this is Chad, and this is where product leaders and managers become product masters, gaining practical knowledge, influence, and confidence so you'll create products that customers love. Times change, trends start, and trends die. Remember those friendship bracelets made of rubber bands? They were so popular with students that many schools prohibited them because they became a source of distraction. And it's been a few years since they've really been on the scene. But it was interesting how quickly they became something, a big trend. And then just a few months later, that trend was dead. Sometimes a smart product concept is created, but the market isn't ready for it yet. The timing is off. The trick is recognizing when market conditions change and the product concept should be dusted off and try it again. It's easy to miss those changes, though. Our guest, Jerry Abiog, had a new opportunity for an old product concept because of how COVID-19 has impacted restaurants. But he almost missed it, right? Everyone gets busy, caught up in doing the new thing. Until a chance encounter with a restaurant owner while he was walking his dogs. Jerry has led growth and strategy for various startups, and he co-founded Standard Insights, where this product concept comes from. He also serves as CMO there. Remember, we take notes for you. All the key points that we discuss are written up in a summary for you, and we also prepared an action guide for you to put those key insights into action or have a discussion with your colleagues. makes it really easy. You'll find both of those resources, the summary and the action guide, at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 291. Now, let's talk to Jerry. Jerry, thanks for joining the Everyday Innovators. Hey, Chad. Thanks for having me on. Glad to. So lately, a lot of people have been reaching out, I think, because there aren't other venues for speakers and people that are used to talking to audiences. And so I'm getting lots of requests to be on this and frankly, kind of overwhelmed with that. But yours was you were a request that cut through the noise a little bit because I like product stories and some history here and things that tie into what matters to product managers, obviously. And one of those things that matters is customer experience. And you are in the business of helping companies improve their customer experience. How do you go about doing that? Yeah, the two things. First, I'm honored I broke through the noise. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the second, to answer your question. So in order to do that, we, we look at first data. Mm. And data drives everything. And I can sit here and maybe other software companies or consultants yeah, we want to help drive sales and improve efficiencies. Every company is going to, you know, if they're selling something, they're going to uh, tell you that. But we want to go beyond that, peel behind the, you know, peel the layers, uh, go under the covers and approach it, customer experience from a psychological perspective. And three things we take a look at, and you'll see this on our website is number one, improving customer experience. Number two, preventing customer indecision. And uh, three, telling the customer what to do next. So if you can combine all three of those uh, principles via data, we feel that we have a winning formula. I'm sure we could all relate to the, yes, we want a better customer experience in general. I like the other two factors there, particularly the middle one, preventing customer indecision. And I don't even remember, this is how memorable this experience was to me because I don't even remember the website or the company, but I was just doing something this morning that needed to kind of get done. I was trying to, figure out something in Dubai. And I quickly got to a point where it was just too much thought. It was like, why is this so hard? I'll do this later, right? This is too hard to do yeah. now. I thought it was going to take me two minutes. This is obviously not a two minute thing. 
And a lot of companies do that, right? They make it harder than it should be when you actually want to buy from them to make that decision to buy from them. Actually, two companies are doing it very well, and they're using you know AI as a as a as a factor. Is Amazon mm-hmm. with their right. product recommendations? How many times have you gone to Amazon? Hey, I'm going to go buy this one thing, and then you you buy more things. It's because of their product recommendations. Right. Number two, another example. It's with Netflix. You're sitting there, what's my next show? What's my next movie? And they have the movie recommendations based on what other people like you watched and what your past viewing patterns are. Yep. So you're not sitting there all day thinking about a movie to watch or uh, products to buy on Amazon. Yeah. And on Amazon, I I use the what people also buy thing as a way to help evaluate other potential solutions, right? That, that's where I go yeah. to say, oh, maybe there's something else I should look at, you know, as an option here. So, yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely, and uh, certainly helps. They've, you know, perfected that to a, to a T. Okay, they're a thick trillion dollar, you know, organization now, right? Or Jeff Bezos is the first he, trillionaire. He, 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 so. He's on track, <laughs> I, I guess. On track. He's projected to hit at 2026. All things staying yeah. as we expect. Who knows? Soon enough, in a blink of an eye. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so apparently the divorce did not hurt him too badly. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, financially, that is. Okay. So you have an AI platform that helps mm-hmm. with customer experience driven by data to help mm-hmm. customers know what to do next to take, you know, relieve and decision out of the process, right? And and help make recommendations for them. Okay. So important for customer experience as a, and as product managers, we are used to being driven by data and having data inform our decisions. We're often yeah. looking for ways that we can get more data. So, And data is the new oil and it's a commodity. You know, I know it's a cliche, but it's only cliche if you don't take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's everywhere. Uh, we're doing this, this conversation on Zoom. They have our data, mm-hmm. our cell phones have data. When we're using our bank app, it has our data. Facebook has data. So unless we want to live under a rock, and maybe pay our bills by cash. It's part of our everyday existence. Yeah, and it's a competitive advantage, right? You have better insights yeah. into your customers. That's a key competitive advantage. And those who can take advantage of that and execute campaigns or whatever that may be are going to win. And it doesn't only have to be in marketing and sales. Could be could be security aspects or even looking at what you know populations are more susceptible to adverse side effects of COVID. So a lot of things, a lot of data doesn't, you know, sales, marketing, security, even solving the COVID crisis, but it's those companies or those organizations that can, you know, synthesize the data and act on it. They're going to win. Okay. Well, let's talk about a specific uh, product story here. I I love a good product story. And uh, you and I chatted before and and, uh, discovered one that we thought would work well. And that is also hot right now in the marketplace, but it wasn't always that way. And there are times that we work on a product. This has happened to me in my career, certainly to other product managers, people involved in innovation as well. And we work on an idea and we develop that. And maybe we do the validation work ahead of time to find out, man, no one wants this right now, right? It's just, it's not the right time. Um, Or we might even get it out to the market and then we find out, right, it's not the right time. And maybe it's a good product and it just really isn't the right time, like the way I framed that. And that happens. And you have a story that relates to this. So can you set that up for us and tell us, you know, where did the insight come from for this product? Give us some ideas about what this product product was originally. So, Chad, I'm a co-founder of uh, Standard Insights. So we're a two-year-old startup and 
the main genesis of our platform is to help companies drive repeat buyers. So we're a two-year-old company, and we initially started going after e-commerce businesses two years ago. They were the early adopters of AI, and we had a vision of going after other verticals, not just e-commerce. E-commerce was a, a way for us to get our feet wet, mm-hmm. but going after other verticals, uh, you know, brick and mortar, financial services, and one of those other verticals was restaurants, using the concept of AI, helping build better customer experience to help drive more sales for businesses within their existing customer base. So this time last year, our team developed an AI-driven digital menu. And the reason we developed this is McDonald's bought a company called Dynamic Yield. And they were in the customer experience space, hyper-personalization space, where similar to what Amazon, Mm. providing menu recommendations, but in this case was for McDonald's. So we thought, okay, hey, that's a good idea. This big player has yeah. been taken out of the market. McDonald's bought Dynamic Yield. Yeah, that might be. That's a good clue for the start of a, a trend here, right? It's like a right. And large so we player moving towards yep. that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, right. And it took one of our, com- our, you know, our competitors out of the loop. Yeah, let's develop it. So we spent some time developing it, and I took it to my buddy up the street who owns a restaurant. He thought it was a you know, great idea, but just not the right time. He, I'll, to be honest, he kind of laughed at me. Well, he's a buddy of mine, so he, he could do that. And um, he goes, hey, this is a great idea. And I get the concept. And this guy ha- has a, had a tech background and he owned a restaurant. But he goes, hey, look, if I implemented it today, I'd have to lay off like 60% of my wait staff because it's really, you know, helping improve efficiencies of the restaurant. So obviously the answer was no. So we put that and then we talked to other restaurants, you know, similar experience. They were doing, you know, they were okay with the, the normal, you know, plastic or paper menus, if you will. And so we put that in the shelf. Hey, time to focus on other things. Jerry is sharing a good product story about the impact of market timing. This is also the time See what I did there? I'm making a little segue. This is also the time that product leaders are making investments in their product managers, helping them perform at even higher level. Now, some of these leaders are choosing to work with me to get that higher performance using a system that I created. It's called the RPM Experience. Several companies are seeing results with this. Not only are their product managers applying a common framework for improved product management, they're also collaborating with each other like they never have before. The RPM experience takes place over web meetings, making it ideal for geographically dispersed teams and remote working. Also, it's fun and engaging. Participants often share it is a uniquely valuable experience. I have a couple spots left for new groups starting this fall. You can find out all the details about the RPM experience and also schedule time with me to discuss your specific needs at theeverydayinvader.com RPM. Now, we'll get back to talking with Jerry. Let me go back and ask you about that, right? Because a few years ago, Panera Bread was one of the early adopters of the kiosks at the front store, and others have added the kiosk. McDonald's has the kiosks, others now do too, because they do want to limit their labor, their labor costs. And I would think some restaurant owners would have the exact opposite of the person you talked to, which said, man, I, I can lay off some of my wait staff now might not want to because we care about the wait staff, certainly, but yeah. as a business, hey, an opportunity to lower cost, I, I would think right. that would be a reasonable ROI to look at and some compelling reasons to that. 
Yeah, so that's that's one side, right? Hey, you know, laying out for staff. But he, he told me one thing that was an indicator of how we got here today. Okay. He said, hey, if I opened up a brand new restaurant today, I go with your platform because instead of hiring, say, 10, you know, waiters, waitresses, what have you, I may only have to bring in two or three. He goes, if I had, if I opened up a brand new restaurant today, but his restaurant's been established, been around for 10 years. So we shelved the product and just okay. went focusing on other, other verticals. So fast forward a year later, early in March, along comes COVID and we pulled that platform out of the garage. Mind you, it was already 80% developed. So we, you know, we made some tweaks and just started launching it a few weeks back. And we're fielding about an average of call a day. And we haven't even, it's all organic calls, organic traffic. We put up a, a subdomain. And so now we're starting to average one call a day from uh, mom and pop restaurants and then restaurant groups. So let's take this apart a little bit more as a product journey. So unfortunately, we're all dealing with this COVID mess and working from home and safer at home and all that. And even though um, we've come out of that to some extent, when people are listening to this, it looks like we might be, you know, be more cautious again here. So the market changes back and forth. The As it was developed and you showed it to your friend, I kind of wonder, and this is one of the dangers of showing something to our friends, right? When we're developing a product is they want to give us good news and they're soft on the not so good news. It's like if I show my mom a product concept, of course, she's going to love it. She's my mom. Um, I wonder if part of it there also wasn't like, you know, I don't really know if this is going to work. I'm removing the personal touch. And that might be one of the things that I think makes my restaurant work. I just wonder if there were some other hesitations, whether they, they were voiced or not, that could have been part of that story. And maybe those are a minor thing now because of the changes in the market. So I tell you what, so I wasn't even thinking about this. So we, we developed, I didn't even reach out to him once okay. COVID happened, but he lives in the neighborhood. My wife and I were walking the dog and he was across the other side. He yelled at me. He's like, Hey, do you still have that? Are you guys still doing that digital menu? <laughs> so I said, yeah, you know what? When we get back home, I'll, I'll email you the information. So that's how it kind of you know, yeah. started again. Yeah. Well, the pain point is much more acute now, right? That yeah. A digital menu is more appealing for the current environment. Yeah, and we took it, and I mean, to be honest, there's a lot of companies, it's an arms race, race into the market with a digital menu, contact this menu, contact this pay. But we were taking it a step further, making it AI driven. So, you know, a couple of things, aside from the contactless menu and contactless pay option, now we can make AI-driven recommendations. So right. based on Jerry or, or Chad's favorite you know, food items, we can do weather-based recommendations. So if it's summer, maybe we'll present a cold, you know, cold drink or an ice cream cone. If it's winter, a bowl of soup or, or hot chili. And, and we can do product bundles or menu bundles, if you will. So maybe um, a meat dish with red wine mm-hmm. or a seafood dish with white wine. So now we're including drinks because they they bring higher uh, profit margins with drinks. And then not only that, but the main main engine of our Smart Choice AI platform, we can once the customer leaves the restaurant, we can provide AI driven customer outreach. Hmm. So through text, social media, or email based on menu or food items that we like. So once you leave the restaurant. And they'll send you a text based on your favorite food items. And so when you go to the restaurant next time, you already know what to order. Yeah. Encourage that, like that repeat so, customer. 
Yeah, repeat business. So when you add all this together, it's just going to improve the processes and efficiencies of restaurants. Because right now, restaurants, they're, uh, they're cut at least 50%. Right. And you and I have, we've all been guilty of this, read a menu, looked at it for 10, 15 minutes, and then almost always order what we've ordered in the past. Because I know I like it. So if you like it. So yeah, now, so if but, you go to our platform, there's a there's a button pass orders. So now you can click on it, and it'll show what Chad ordered in the past, what Jerry right. ordered in the past. So all these little things, improving efficiencies helps with table turnover. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and for me, I'm not a huge wine drinker. I, I tend to like a good German Riesling, and I will drink a Riesling, a nice white wine, um, yeah. that's pro- that's not always properly paired, but that's okay. Yeah. I like the wine, right? And yeah. I suspect then your engine could recognize this and maybe make food suggestions that would pair well with my yeah. reasoning choice and go the other way, right? Absolutely. Like for me, I'm not a wine drinker, but I do like lagers and pilsners. Mm-hmm. But if you presented me uh, the IPAs, I get headaches from those. So now if you give me a drink recommendation, it kind of like, like, hey, these guys don't know me. I get headaches from these types of beer. So it's these little things that add up to your your point at the start of this conversation about the customer experience. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, and we're trying know, to build some yeah. customer intimacy, just more knowledge about the customer so we can serve them better. So I, I think I have a reasonable understanding of you know the, the value proposition here. Yeah. I like to take us back to the the product journey a little bit and talk about the validation. You know, the, the context here is you know, two year startup. You were about mm-hmm. a year into this when you were thinking of exploring other verticals. And what, where else can we go to generate revenue and serve customers? And one exactly. of those was restaurants. And mm-hmm. it sounds like you put, and I, I want to hear you share this, but I just want to be realistic about what was going on. It sounds like you had the capability, you saw the opportunity to apply this to restaurants, and that there may not have been a lot of customer validation in that process. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, we can do something. Let's see if it works over here. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're always, I mean, you never want to, pigeon yourself, pigeonhole yourself in just one specific specific area. So we had this engine built and we wanted to take it outside of e-commerce. So we have this main engine that was built and there's always going to be tweaks and and nuances for each vertical. So when we saw that uh, McDonald's bought- Right, that that was the trigger. That was a trigger. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And just because you get a trigger to do something, go after something, it doesn't mean it's always going to work. Right. In fact, I was uh, in a restaurant, con- virtual restaurant conference. So restaurants have been thinking about this, but it was more of a three to four year roadmap. But now because of COVID, it's their like two, three month roadmap. Right. It so whether it's in restaurants or other verticals, COVID has helped accelerate the digitization strategies of businesses worldwide. And the ones that will win and that provide a little bit more value. Yeah. On the, the customer journey aspect of that, yeah, right. Th- it sounds like this is a technology approach, really, in the sense of we had a capability. We're going to try mm-hmm. to apply it to a new market. And so, some people listening as product managers will they're probably already saying, "Chad, but what about the validation part? How, you got to talk to customers to understand you know what the, the customers need about this." But you're also moving really fast, and that probably just wasn't in your purview at the time. Is that right? Yeah, so it's it's a it's a balancing act, right? right? So if you go back two years ago, we didn't have the platform fully developed. It was more of a prototype, mm-hmm. so it's probably twenty to thirty percent developed, and we let the the market and our our out sales outreach, marketing outreach, and our current customers kind of dictate where the okay. 
products going. Mm -hmm. Now, if you look at our website, all the verbiage there, I mean, that was probably the hardest part is getting the verbiage right that made sense to the customer. Sure. So we talked to not only our current customers, but people that didn't become our customers, but they gave us suggestions on how to pitch. So yeah. that was from the from our, our main standard insight smart choice AI engine. But for the restaurant space, did we do uh, you know validation? No, because it just happened so quick. People yeah. were stuck in their homes. Now they're going out to restaurants and everything's happening at the speed of light. So yeah. now it's time to dust that off and you're yeah. finding a little traction with it. Pursue that. Yeah. You, you said something so important I want to go back to on, on the original engine, which was you got insights from customers, right? So you, you're mm -hmm. building it to kind of match their needs and learning from them, right. kind of in like a, a lead user fashion, where you might use a lead user exactly. to help yeah. us co-develop with. And then also you paid attention to the people that didn't choose your solution that went somewhere else yep. and learned from yeah. them, which is such very valuable information, that kind of win-loss uh, analysis to say, okay, we didn't win this one. Why was that? And learn right. from what they tell you. Yep, exactly. And we, we, we tweaked and modified everything. So now, because you always want to learn, you always want to yep. grow, you always want to get better each day. And if you look at our website, if you click on the about section, it'll talk about Kaizen, hmm. you know, okay. improving each and every day. Okay. So now market changes. Looks like this is a perfect opportunity for you to, to dust off this idea bring out of the, the virtual garage there, or the real garage, um, yeah. you know, get it back into life. And then same sort of approach. Did you find a customer that wanted the digital menu? Were they a lead user for you? Did you work with them to figure out what features were needed? Yes. Yeah, so uh, the initial conversations we've had in the last couple of weeks, like this morning, we were talking to a restaurant consultant. Mm -hmm. So they want to take this to their, to their client base. So yes, they gave us suggestions you know, minor tweaks on the usability aspect uh, of it. But we weren't starting from scratch because we right. already had the uh, idea from the main engine. So now we just had to tweak it. So to your point, yeah, we're listening to the the handful of restaurant owners that, you know, we're talking to and that we're engaging with. So yes, we're taking their feedback okay, and applying excellent. it and tweaking our platform. Yep. Here's part of what I love about just kind of this product story, this journey here. And that's the market changed rapidly and you had an opportunity to respond to that, to help these businesses, these restaurants get their restaurants moving again in a way that regulations also offered more value and made use mm -hmm. of the staff they had. And all that makes a lot of sense. And it was in a time crunched manner, right? Yeah. And some, I, I think there's always this natural tension, regardless of the market conditions as product managers, that we're trying to get the product out. We're also trying to get it done. And those two collide sometime, right? We, we wanted to get yeah. it done enough that it will uh, be valuable to the customer. Mm -hmm. But we know the sooner we get it out, the, the better job we're going to do getting feedback to make this better more quickly. Right. And I think the market put that pressure on you, but I think that's yeah. a beautiful pressure to have regardless to get yeah. it out and get feedback. It was a lot of round the clock work and, you know, involved, but the, the beauty of it was, we already had, as you mentioned earlier, that we already had an engine that was built. It may not have been the same industry, but hey, we built this engine, it's working. We made some modifications to apply to the restaurant and hospitality space. Yeah, I'm curious, with all this moving very rapidly, now that you've had the solution out, others are coming to you to find out more about it. Have you already started finding out, you know, you talked about some UI tweaks, 
But are you finding other features that you know, might be in the engine that just haven't been exposed yet or things that restaurants need that, you know, just weren't on your list of things to address yet? But you're, hey, we're working with the customers, we're working with the restaurants. These new things came up. Not really new, but maybe some things that in are engaging with, with other restaurants that were brought to light that mm-hmm. they weren't doing at all. Mm-hmm. So, for example, like with marketing, restaurants typically, at least the ones I've talked to, don't really take advantage of marketing outreach. So now we're not going to a restaurant pitching marketing outreach. I mean, it's part of our original engine, but once we're, you know, we're comfortable, it's like, hey, we, we, we've set you up, we're setting you up. Now we're bringing in our other products and services in into the mix. Right. Other capabilities that they may not have yeah. thought about, but you're learning from other customers that were things that are important to them, capabilities you can bring to new customers as well. Yeah, because if you go to a restaurant today, they're all, they're not really concerned about marketing. They're just concerned about opening and safety protocols, right. which is what we do. But, you know, the marketing, once things, they start opening and kind of get back to some level of normalcy, mm-hmm. then yes, they'll want to. So uh, we're not, I guess, coming in, you know, fully loaded. We're, we're offering them, a, you know, just to get their feet wet, our initial some level of products we're not you know presenting the whole kitchen but down the road we're we're anticipating that hey once we get these restaurants up and running they're going to need some ai driven marketing help that makes a lot of sense and we're we're creating a, a wider more encompassing customer experience right. for the customer of the restaurant so we're approaching things from multiple tech stacks so just not one singular so we want to be well rounded I like this story because it did have to respond to the rapid market changes, just the reality that we're dealing with and having to make what might be some compromises along the way in terms of, you know, customer validation, we would like to do. We also have to get it built. We have to get it in the hands of customers. Then we can get feedback and we deal with the realities of the the time that is presented to us. Right. And and work through those tensions. And I think that's just, you know, life, right? Nothing. Well, not for me goes in a straight line. It's all these turns and, you know, ups and downs right. and, you know, when the, when the opportunity presents itself, you just got to go after it. Yep. Otherwise, uh, someone else will. Yep. It, it is something I've learned along the way too, and why I always tell myself, you know, enjoy the journey, not the destination. Yeah. Because the journey is very interesting because it does not go in the straight line to where you think it's going to go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So good capability here. Interesting experience with a an idea that was hoping to have some legs, might serve a new target segment. Uh, restaurants, not the right time, went back on the shelf. Now, because of things have changed in the marketplace, time to dust that off, get it back into the hands of some restaurant owners and managers that needed a digital menu solution. This does even more for them. They're appreciating that and now getting some new ideas to bring back to you to help you make, you know, add improvements and make the next version, the new, new version that offers more value and continuously upgrading this. So pretty good product story, given the times that we are in. I appreciate you walking through that with us and telling us more about it. And um, just for people that might be going to a restaurant and maybe they run into this, or maybe they're in that business by chance, tell us again the name of the product. We might see it out there in the world. So I'm with Standard Insights. Right. So they can go to standardinsights.io. They can go to the product section and then they can access I order there for a subdomain. I or order. they can just, yeah, I order. Uh, like that's a play on words. I yeah. order. So it'll be restaurant name forward slash I, I order dot menu. So I, I order dot, or they can go directly to I order, 
I O R D E R dot menu and then find out about the platform there. Or they can just email me direct directly at Jerry, J E R R Y at standardinsights.io. Jerry at standardinsights.io. That's awesome. Um, I, I like the subdomain that you got your hands on, the iorder.menu. That's I order. So hopefully that'll <laughs> that'll pick up some steam and help us with the SEO once we get these restaurants on board at I order. So yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, dot dot menu. We didn't go with the dot com or dot io. It's strictly yep. for restaurants. Dot menu. I want to go try it out and make sure to do that. Are, are there any big chains on board yet? No, not okay. yet. But well, we're hoping well, to. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that will happen soon, and hopefully I'll find it out in the out in the wild. I'm looking yeah. forward to getting some recommendations on on better food choices. Yeah. Um, as listeners know, I love an innovation quote. What quote do you have for us? And uh, tell us what that one means to you. Yes. So never let a good crisis go to waste. That was coined by Winston Churchill shortly before the end of World War II. Mm-hmm. And this happened during the Yalta Conference. So it was between him, uh, Roosevelt, and Stalin. And it was the, the, the start or the formation of the United Nations. Hmm. A, a crisis that brought that goodness about. Yeah. And, and fast forward many, many, many years later with our humble startup, Standard Insights, we developed this last summer yep. and pulled out of the garage. If not for my wife and I walking our dog and the neighbor who owns a restaurant yelling at me across the street, if I still had that available, <laughs> yeah. So Might not have thought about it. Might right. have not thought about it, exactly. Yep. And that's one of the lessons from this discussion. And I've re- I run into these stories every now and then where a good product, you know, a good concept was brought to some level of development. And at some point, either before launch or even after launch, recognized, you know, this is not the right time. People are are not paying attention to this. We can't get any traction with this. Um, Only later to discover that times have changed and that people are very interested in the product. And we need to keep track of those concepts and keep them someplace uh, on a virtual shelf so we can put them to use in the future. And a good example of this, you know, during the last recession, what was it? 2008, 2009, the good old blockbuster Netflix story. Mm. Remember, we were renting movies. Right. And along comes Netflix. Why do I need to pick up my DVDs? And there's little boxes out. And then they started doing the the online, you know, movies and online shows. Like, oh hey, Blockbuster kind of poo-pooed it. I think they they were even offered to purchase Netflix, but look yeah. what happened to Blockbuster. Three times. <laughs> yeah. Three times offered. You know, they're no they got one store open, I believe, but yeah. They're no longer in existence except for one store and look at where Netflix is at. So it was technology that brought, and then you've got to look at the Uber, you know, Uber and, um, right. That's impact. Yep. you know, Lyft and all those other that came out of that last crisis, mm-hmm. if you will. So yeah, there's a lot of tech companies, a lot of technology that's coming out right now, you no know, doubt. being developed. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Out of crisis, new ideas come. Yeah. So. Yep. Excellent. Jerry, appreciate hearing about your product story. I'm anxious to try it sometime in a restaurant I order. So I'll be looking for that if I ever come across the uh, digital menu to see if it's yours or not. Sure hope so. I appreciate all your insights that you shared with us. Hey, Chad, thanks for having me on. Thanks again for listening to The Everyday Innovator. This is where product leaders and managers become product masters, gaining practical knowledge, influence, and confidence so you'll create products that customers love. You'll find the written summary of our discussion with Jerry, plus that PDF action guide to help you 
put the insights into action, you and your colleagues as well, at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 291. Keep innovating. Thank you for listening to The Everyday Innovator, which teaches product managers to become product masters. For more resources, please visit theeverydayinnovator.com.